Are you a real estate investor looking to elevate your income, freedom, and lifestyle? If so, optimize your daily performance by downloading our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits at elevatepod.com. In this guide created by yours truly, you'll learn why you do what you do, how to easily institute cues in your environment to trigger desired behavior, directly applicable steps to create a fulfilling future, and much more. Get your free copy now at elevatepod.com and kickstart your new habits today. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to Elevate the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Gary Lipsky today. Today, you're going to learn mastery of asset management. You're going to learn about execution. You're going to learn about delivering on your promises. You're going to learn about executing on an investment vision that you have in real estate and so forth, right? Stacking on that and compounding and creating massive growth through real estate, playing the long game the right way, because it's not about speculation. It's not about luck. It's not about a hope and a wish and a prayer. It's about execution. And today we're going to be talking about execution. We're going to be giving you strategies. You're going to learn strategies towards executing on your investment thesis. And that's what it's all about. If you wanna do big things in real estate, it's not about hoping, it's not about wishing, but it's about putting rubber to the road. And that's what you're gonna get today. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar today. Before we dive in, I want to ask you, if you haven't done so already, to share the podcast, share this episode with a friend, someone in your network, someone that you've just met, maybe someone that you've known for a long time. Share with them Elevate Podcast. The only way that we can continue to grow is if we receive the value of your referral, your introduction, just like any other small business would do. We ask you that you help us grow. And the only way that we can do that is if you share. So that's the fee for listening today is just to pay it forward, grab the link, send it on social media, send it a text message, send it in an email, whatever you need to do to pay it forward. If you've already done that before, thank you. And uh, we just ask that you do that again to listen today. If it's your first time listening to Elevate, welcome. We are going to bring massive value to you. I have no doubt about that. We're going to continue to bring the heat. And I also would like to ask you to give us a rating, a review, and subscribe or follow Elevate Podcasts on wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Um, because guess what? We're going to continue to bring massive, massive value in so many different directions. Also want to know your feedback. What do you love about Elevate? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? What do you want to see different from Elevate Podcast. I want your feedback. I want to have you be the owner of the future of Elevate Podcast. Send me an email at info at elevatepod.com. Uh, what's awesome about Elevate? What would you like to see more of, less of? Also send me a DM on Instagram at Elevate Pod. I want to know from you, what is it that you want to see? Who do you want to hear from? What type of questions, what type of discussions do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear more about crypto? Do you want to hear more about some of the practical tips, solutions, tactics. Do you want to hear from some of the world's greatest athletes? Because guess what? We're bringing them, but I want to know from you, is that what you want? 
who do you want to hear from? So anyway, with all that said, I want to dive in. I want to introduce you to Gary Lipsky, who is a real estate entrepreneur who has a focus on multifamily syndication and currently has 65 million of assets under management. He is the president of Break of Day Capital, whose mission is to positively impact the lives of their investors and the communities in which they invest through the highest level of transparency and fiduciary responsibility. You're definitely going to see that today. Gary is the host of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast, where he speaks with various experts in the real estate industry to help educate asset managers. By the way, I was on that podcast and he does a phenomenal job. I feel like he brought the best out of me, but he does that in such a high regard. So I definitely... Uh, recommend you go check that out. If you're a real estate investor yourself actively, you definitely want to learn more about that, but you're going to, you're going to get a tremendous amount of value on that today. Gary is also the best-selling author of best in class and founder of the asset management summit. So without further ado, please enjoy this very insightful conversation with Gary Lipsky. Gary Lipsky, welcome to Elevate. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm 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 super excited to have you. And uh, as I was mentioning to you before the podcast started, I know that we can go deep in you know strategy direction today. I think we will. And I think we're going to serve many real estate investors today to take their asset management gains to the next level. Because at the end of the day, it's all about execution, right? We can have an investment thesis and a goal and all these things, but we can never put rubber to road unless we have an execution strategy. So I know we're going to talk about that today, but Gary, before we dive in, if you were to describe yourself in the way that people that know you best would describe you, what would they say about Gary Lipsky? Uh, I guess they'd say uh, I'm a go-getter, uh, passionate, loyal, um, maybe too honest to a fault at times. <laughs> I love it. So what, in what way, what are you, how are you too honest? Like, what does that mean? So, I mean, I was born in New York. I'm, I'm a North, North, Northeastern, and we, you know, we speak our mind, and we could be, or I can be a little bit um, direct to the point. Um, and I've gotten better about that of how to soften it up or or whatnot. But yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a no BS guy, you know. So I'm going to tell tell it like it is. But I'm I'm you know I'm going to try to do it in a very nice way. Yeah. And you do that, man, because uh, I was just on your podcast. It's so funny. I'll share this, the real estate asset management podcast, by the way, I recommend the listeners go check that out. But it's funny because, you know, we do a little bit more long form and I wouldn't say this is completely long form, but in, in comparison, your podcast is 15 minutes and it's like, let's get to the point. So you, you live that every single day, but Gary, talk a little bit about your, your backstory, your upbringing. You mentioned grew up in New York, obviously now you live in Southern California. So talk a little bit about your backstory. Give us a sense of where you came from. From what life was like growing up and so forth. Yeah, you know, I was an entrepreneur at, at a young age. You know, I was I was shoveling driveways during the winter. I was auto detailing cars during the summer, and so I had that entrepreneurial spirit. I was, I remember, you know, I was just back at my parents' house over Thanksgiving, and I see like Wendy's Way, you know, that book. You know, I have a bunch of these entrepreneurial books that I bought. Lee Iacocca, believe it or not, like still in still in my in my room at my parents' house. Um, so I always had that bug. I actually started a restaurant delivery service in college, kind of like, you know, DoorDash and Postmates then. Um, I co-produced three independent films in my 20s. So I, I never really worked for anyone else. And, and I, I wish my, my parents, my family talked to me about real estate, at, at, you know, when I was younger. They never really did. But um, I had some friends in real estate. And I knew they were doing well. And I, and I saw that, you know, you know, so many people that were doing well were in real estate. And so that got my bug. And 
Um, and I started investing uh, a little bit uh, in 2002 and just really dabbling, but I didn't really get into it full-time until I sold a business at the end of 2016. And I, and I jumped in full-time at, at that point. Okay. And so when you said you jump, you dove in full-time, like what did that look like? Was that syndicating large deals? Was that investing your own capital? What did that look like in 2016? Yeah. You know, so just learning quite honestly, learning as much as I can, um, going to conferences, meetups, reading books, uh, and start investing in, in other people's deals through my retirement money. And most of them did well. One did really, really poorly. Um, but it, it made me, you know, it gave me the confidence to start doing it on my own. Um, I had the skill sets from, from running businesses and multifamily was a good, good fit for me. And so we eventually, um, you know, I was looking at 12 unit deals, small stuff. And then I, I got involved in like a mentoring group and talked about bigger doing bigger deals. And so eventually I partnered up with um, two other people and we did, we closed on a 42 unit deal and that was a $1.65 million deal. And then from there, we jumped into a little over $15 million deal after that. And, um, you know, we had, a, we had a lull for a little bit and then we just started cranking right after that. So it was just amount, just keep learning and learning and learning. Yeah. You were stacking on your experiences. So when you got started, you were investing in other people's deals. Like, were you already networking in the space before you bridged that gap? Like, cause you, you mentioned earlier, you're like, I looked around the people who are doing well, were in real estate. Were you already like, this was a plan. This was sort of your next iteration of your own investment career, your entrepreneurial career. You already knew this or how did that work? Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to be a syndicator. I wanted to, um, uh, use my creative side, my business side and leverage other people's money. Um, but I, I, you mentioned networking and, and quite honestly, I didn't do that enough when I started out because I had a very um, small window of who was doing deals. And I should have, I should have done a lot more research on, on those people and had, and had more deals to look at quite honestly. And so I definitely recommend that to, to uh, people starting out uh, as well, because you you go with what you know, or or you see someone on Facebook and they they seem to be doing really well, but just because they're on social media doesn't mean they're doing a good job. So, um, that, you know, that was I didn't do a good enough job of that in the beginning. Um, but yes, one. But I learned from other people what they were doing right, what they were doing wrong, and then then I was able to take the leap of faith on on my own. Yeah. I think investing with other people, passively investing is a great way to learn, a great way to get a foot in the door and to understand. And look, we never make perfect decisions as we get started, right? Looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, you could have done so many different things so much better. But then as you took that next step, as you bought that $1.5 million deal, as then you jumped into a $15 million deal. Obviously, I would imagine then you started to look around and say, all right, yeah, it's great. We got the deal, but now we got to execute, right? And so talk to me, when did asset management become, you know, sort of your foray, like the place that you wanted to add the most value? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, running business my whole life, that that was my skill set. I was really, really good at that. And so, you know, I, we wanted to like hang our hat on something and, and as well and learn from others. So we, you know, we looked out there and there was a lot of gurus out there talking about how to get your first deal. Um, but no one talking about what you do with that deal after you get it. And there was this kind of emptiness. And I, so I wanted to learn more. And, and so 
you know, we said, okay, let's, let's start a podcast. Let's create a book. Let's start a, um, a summit based on this. And part of it was to learn from others and, and have really good operators come on and we could ask the questions that we want to ask selfishly and really up our game too. If we're going to be talking about it, man, we got to, you know, we got to build our systems better. We've, you know, everything that we do, we've got to get better at. And so it was this kind of three prong approach. You know, we thought we were pretty good at it. We wanted to learn from others and we wanted to improve. And you saw an opportunity in the marketplace, as you mentioned, I mean, it's, it's almost your blue ocean, right? You're known as the asset management expert. And of course you wrote the book best in class. And so I think becoming a best in class operator should be the goal of anybody listening to this podcast, because if you want to take your game to the next level, it is about execution, right? It's, it's about optimizing execution. It's about making your investment work. It's about bringing your business plan to life. So, you know, I'm going to ask some selfish questions today. You were talking about questions that you've asked throughout the years that have been selfish for you to take your business to the next level. I hope that I can then give this as well simultaneously. So let's talk about a few things. I mean, some of the pillars in some of the categories, I guess, in terms of asset management that you wrote about in the book. I mean, so we can, we can talk about marketing and leasing. We can talk about managing renovations. We can talk about evaluating property performance, financial analysis, managing the manager and so forth. But where do you think that we should start in terms of, you know, starting from a high level and then digging into the details? Yeah. So, um, High level, I would say being proactive, quite not, you know, it's, it starts with, you know, three pillars, measure everything, being proactive and having uh, accountability. So being proactive is, so I'm closing on a deal Monday and, you know, we've already came up with a new name. We've got, you know, sat down with a property management team multiple times on, on our business plan execution, like day one, we're ready to go. And, and so I'm not waiting to take over and then come up with a new name and then start getting into, you know, working with vendors to, to figure out the paint scheme and getting it done. Like, let's rock and roll from day one. The, the shorter I can, I, I can uh, reduce the timelines, the better off I'm going to be. The more money, the faster I'm going to be able to put into my investor's pocket. So I'm always trying to be proactive. And if you're proactive, you can you can not only survive a COVID or Texas freeze, you could thrive in those. And, that, and that's what, the thing I want to do. I want to get ahead of it. Always. I want to be ahead. Um, measuring everything. So we, we built out KPIs. We, we use a real page that connects with the RD software. And um, so I'm able to kind of measure everything, break it down. And they give me tons of different options that I can choose. And it really makes it in a very digestible format. And I can look at a lot of different things in, in, in different ways. And at the end of the day, it helps me make better decisions. Um, so let's say marketing, you mentioned earlier. So I, I want to I see the conversions. You know, apartment guides might bring me the most leads, but where am I getting the most conversions on those leases? Um, and so I could take a look at that and, and I could break down all these different things. I could break down, you know, let's say I have 12 unit types. And so I want to see, you know, what's, I'm not looking at it as a whole. I can look at it each unit type and see, Hey, can I increase the rents on those? Because I'm, let's say 96% occupied. And it only may be one that's at 80% occupied. That's pulling down the whole thing. And so I can maybe, if I had 12 different unit types, I could raise rents on 11 and maybe on, on, on the 12th unit type, bring it down just a little bit to get it, get it up. So 
that being able to measure everything and breaking it down is, 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 is everything. I agree. And this is, uh, you actually got ahead of me because you, you already talked about a tool. I was, th- I was going to ask you about, Hey, what, what tools are you using to integrate data and to help synthesize data to insight, right? Because it's not about information. It's about insight so that you can make effective decisions. And so you talked about using real page to connect to the Yardi software yeah. to give you a dashboard of key performance indicators or KPIs, right? Give us a sense of what KPIs that you find that are most important to track. I, I think you just mentioned and there are some really important nuances to say, all right, well, this particular unit type is in higher demand. So now we're seeing a, a nuance in this asset that we can make a decision and we can increase revenue for that particular unit type. But talk to me about from a high level, from a KPI perspective, what have you found has been most useful to track and help you make better decisions? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The unit type, the, 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 um, the least conversion is, is most important. Uh, renewals. I like that one. Yeah. Um, renewals are really good. You want to, you know, even if you're, you're drastically increasing rents, you want to see people staying in and, um, particularly at least after you make that first turn of, of residents, you want to see people staying and if they're leaving, what, what's, what, what's going on? Why are you not providing that quality, uh, for them to, to, to want to stay? Because obviously, you're going to market rent or it may be above and, and you're trying to give, give your, your residents something above and beyond your competing um, property. So if you're not doing that, then there's, there's something wrong. Maybe it's your property manager that you need to look, but it's, it's giving you, it's giving you data points to ask the right questions. Um, obviously NOI, everyone's looking at NOI and that's great. Um, that's a great like incentive tool for your, for your property manager, because, you have to be careful on your incentives because that's where energy will go. If you focus on renewals then maybe something else is going to be lacking, but if you, NOI covers the whole gamut. Mm. So it really covers you to have your, your team focus in the right direction. And and it could still be your maintenance uh, manager and your, you know, technician can be still part of that NOI piece because it all, it all plays a role. If you're, if people want to stay, if, if, if you're, if you're doing quick turns, uh, if units are getting renovated fast, that all plays into NOI. So that's a really good way to incentivize and, and have everyone working towards that that same goal. I think that's important. And when you think about doing big things and if you're scaling your team, you've got to align incentives. And I think it's a huge takeaway to say, all right, well, ultimately what bakes in everything and it's net operating income, right? Because we can focus on lease ups and all this kind of stuff. We can focus on, you know, turn costs or whatever, but if we're not focused on the bottom line, then we're out of, out of whack. And, and I, so I think that's super powerful. When you think about managing renovations, um, I think this is a critical one too, especially with the supply chain, everything's going on, labor issues, delays in materials, increase in costs across the board. How are you man- managing renovations and staying on the same page with your property management team? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, so we use a Trello board and it's free. You can, you can pay for additional, you know, if you want more bells and whistles, but you know, so we know when the renovation team needs to be notified of when an apartment is going to be uh, vacant um, and, and we know how long it takes to get materials, whether we need to pre-order a bunch at one time or it's a four-week lag, whatever it is. Again, it's, it's that being proactive. We want to reduce timelines. So making sure everything is aligned. So boom, as soon as someone moves out, 
we're, we're get, getting to work on this uh, apartment. And there might be times when, at least when we take over a uh, complex within that 12 month where there might be more of a, um, more of a spike in, in turnover. So maybe we bring on a, uh, a technician to help us or, or a painter or whatever during that one month to get those turns much quicker. Even if it costs us an extra two grand, if we can get someone get, you know, four units done quicker and someone in there, our NOI just went up two grand, you know? So right. we, we always want to be proactive and kind of measuring and, and on the Trello board, we can move it from, it's going to be vacant to, okay, we've done the flooring and then the next piece and the next piece, and they just move it along and we can, we can track it. How do you guys make shifts? I mean, because when you're, when you're putting together a business plan or when you're looking at a deal and you're negotiating a deal and then all of a sudden, Oh, wait a minute, we got the deal. Now we're doing due diligence and we raise the capital and we, we've, we've now purchased this deal. Your projection versus the reality can ultimately, you know, differ in some ways. Right. And sometimes it's in a big Delta, sometimes it's narrow and obviously it, it's never a pro forma is never exactly what reality sets itself to be, but how do you guys set contingency plans, whether it's on renovations or just execution of the asset, you know, whether it's turns or repairs and maintenance or just staffing or marketing. I mean, talk to me about from a high level, the way that you guys look at building contingency plans into deals. Yeah. And I think, first of all, you have to be flexible because things are always changing. You might, you might pivot in your business plan. So it starts with your underwriting to have that, um, uh, I'm not going to be so aggressive. I'm going to always uh, under promise and look to overperform. So I've got these buffers in there. I, I uh, you know, rents aren't going to be as high as I really think they can go. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to raise extra money for my, my CapEx and have that, have that buffer because if, if things end up costing more, then I, I've got that, I've got that margin for error. Or if I wanted to do something I, I didn't think of previously, I can do that. Um, so having that is, is really important. And then also in your, pro, uh, the rest of your pro forma, having, having, you know, things that, you know, I'll have my property management budget and hold them accountable to that, but my budget might be a little <laughs> less aggressive. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I could push them on theirs and realize, Hey, I've got, you know, a little <laughs> bit of room for, for error, you know? I hope your property managers are not listening to this podcast yeah, because your, your secret <laughs> might be out here. No, that makes sense. Um, how else does financial analysis play into the way that you're executing deals? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I think um, our property management accountant um, loves us and hates us because we we ask a lot of questions. Um, and most of the time, you know, it, there's there's a, a good reason, but we'll, we'll find things. Maybe something was accidentally charged to our property. Um, or, you know, we, we paid a bill twice. There's little things that add up over the course of your owning a property that, totally. you know, people make mistakes and, you know, they're not trying to do it on purpose, but that, that financial analysis is really important and, and constantly looking at, at trends, you know, um, you know, one of our, one of our, um, acquisitions, we start off, uh, you know, amazing, but we knew, you know, we were going to have to pay the piper a little bit because, um, we thought there was, you know, some bills that weren't getting paid and this and that, and we, you know, we're, we're following up and whatnot and, um, payroll was going to catch up. There was little things that we knew that we're kind of inflating it from the beginning and, and just having, asking the right questions led to things got kind of balancing out as, as a few months kind of 
tapered off. And there's little tricks that a property manager can do and you they shouldn't be doing, but you could, you know, uh, hopefully catch them on it and, and, and rectify um, any kind of fluctuations that are going on. Yeah. I think being detailed in your review and um, holding them accountable at the end of the day and, and questioning and saying, well, wait a minute, you know, where did this expense come from? Uh, this doesn't look like something that we agreed to. How often are you meeting with your property managers or once a week or how does that look? Yeah, we do a weekly Zoom call um, every week, even even once we're we're stabilized. Um, so we'll, we have a very uh, detailed weekly report. It breaks down everything, so we can ask the right questions and not waste a lot of time. And so we'll uh, that's due before our call, so we can analyze that and then ask the right questions. Um, and and if we're humming along, doing great, then maybe it's going to be shorter. If in the beginning, it's going to be longer, and then. You know, I'm out visiting the uh, the sites every two, three weeks. We do, you know, surprise visits. I don't always tell them when I'm coming. We do secret shopper reports. Um, so there's lots of different ways that we're we're making sure we're executing, no matter what. Like whether you know whether um, uh, they realize I'm, I'm I'm coming or or whatnot, and 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 we make these we're not trying to catch them doing something bad. We're trying to catch them doing something good. And if they're not doing it right, then we, it's a, it's um, a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. And, and obviously if we have many teachable moments, then we've got to, we've got to have a a tough conversation and make a change potentially. Yeah, of course. Talk to me about what does a secret shopper report look like? Give me a sense of what that process looks like from your team. Yeah. So we have a, a a rating. Um, we will do an email. We'll also do a phone call. We want them to make sure we'll ask specific questions like, Hey, I've got a dog. Is there a dog park? What's the, you know, uh, is there dog rent? And so if they're not answering the questions specifically, they're not engaging with me. And, and we want to make sure they include pictures and, and other things that, that are going to, um, make me choose that apartment complex over something else. And, and, the response time too, how quickly they respond. Because if it's 24 hours later, that person probably, you know, found another apartment by, by then potentially. Yep. So speed is really important. They're getting graded on, on, on speed. And so all these different things, we, we kind of grade them on and, and on the most important, you know, we'll, they might get 20 points or something less important. It might get five points. And we just do a, a grading system on that. And then we'll, we'll share and go over it with them and say, Hey, this is where you can improve. Um, this is what you degrade on and whatever, you know, whatever it, whatever the results are. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor. Then we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a national real estate investment firm founded by myself and my business partner, Brian Flaherty. CF Capital's mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors like you maximize their returns by investing in high value multifamily communities. If you are looking for risk adjusted alternative investments in quality apartment communities are seeking tax optimized cash flow with appreciation upside without all the hassles of management, you might benefit from learning more about investing alongside our team. You're invited to reach out and learn more about how you can invest with us by visiting cfcapllc.com. We're also currently offering a free ebook called The Bottom Line 
line, 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, we're confident you'll find massive value in this resource. So go get your free copy today at cfcapllc.com. And now please enjoy the rest of the show. I like that. It's almost like an internal audit, right? It's it's continuing to iterate and improve systems. And I think if you create a culture of, hey, you know what, at any point in time, we could be getting secret shops. And it's not, hey, we're going to be in trouble. This is an opportunity for us to showcase our, showcase our talents. And I think if you surround your team with high performers, they welcome that challenge. And at any moment, they're, you know what, I'm going to perform to the highest of my abilities because you know, I could be being held accountable or I could be executing on my job even better. So talk to me about what other, you know, ways that you manage the manager more effectively or some, maybe some ideas or tips that you might suggest for the listeners. Yeah. So we use Google docs. So our, our weekly report is in a Google doc. And so every week it's, 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 it's tracked. Um, and then we'll also have um, a tab for things that need to get done. And so it'll be, who's it assigned to, when uh, what needs to get done, when when um, when it was completed, and so it's there for everyone to see, and so you don't want to screw that up, you know. So because you know you got you're you're held accountable. It's for for everyone there, and again, it's not a gotcha, but and it's a good reminder too because you know sometimes I'm writing notes down on a little piece of paper, I'll forget, or someone will forget. You can always go back to that week that sheet and say what what did I promise to do and when and make sure it gets done. Yes. And there's this little spike that happens like the day before the meeting. It's like, Oh, I have four to do's and I didn't do it. And I know that if I don't do it, you know, I'm just going to feel like an idiot with the rest of my team. So that's, that happens. Who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, let's just get it done over the next week. That's right. awesome. So what other technology do you use? You mentioned real page earlier, connecting with Yardy, right? So those yeah. are two pieces of technology. You mentioned the Google suite. What else do you use to help kind of optimize your system in managing your team and managing the manager? Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned the, uh, the Trello board. Those are really the, Trello, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the key things, um, that we use. And, and, and I mentioned real page. I mean, they've been, uh, they've been good and bad in, in a way. There's some other, you know, tools out there too. I'm not saying that's the only suggesting the only tool, but fair uh, enough. Yeah. Um, and internally we like to use monday.com for a bunch of different things. Um, uh, the maps you can use, um, and, um, communication and stuff like that. So we, we like monday.com a lot. It's, it's free or relatively inexpensive. Most of these tools are, are, are relatively inexpensive, which is, which is great. Even I'm not familiar with monday.com. What is that? Yeah. So, um, I use it for a number of different things, uh, in, um, our investor list, where they where they live, uh, deals that we're looking at, there's a, there's a lot of different things that you can use it for. So de- definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. No, that's awesome. And yeah. uh, neither of us really benefit from that, but I think it's in just in the goodness of sharing this type of information. So you mentioned earlier, like utilizing it and tracking KPIs. Do you guys, did you guys put together like a dashboard um, that pulls together the key performance indicators of each asset? And if so, give us a sense of a little bit more detail, what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. There is. So there is um the, our, our key ones are on the top, uh, but then I can dive into like, um, you know, a hundred more, um, but our, our key ones are on top. And I quite frankly, uh, it's like NOI occupancy is, you know, some of the basic ones. And then, then I can dive in. And then like when we do our investor calls on a quarterly basis, I could share some of the key 
the the key KPIs, things that were that's going really well, and anything that that's not going well, and you you know we're we're honest with our investors and say, hey, th- these are things that we need to improve upon, and and we're accountable for that, you know. So um, yeah, we'll 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 dive into to them, and and um, uh, it it covers you know pretty much anything and everything that you wanna you wanna understand. It it can pull it from from Yardi, so it's it's really cool. Well, I think to your point, like, let's keep our eyes focused on like, let's keep it simple, right? At the end of the day, we're looking to drive NOI, which drives value. And obviously that can feed into the overall business plan, the overall investment thesis. But ultimately you can prescribe the issue. If you're having an issue, you can look across different sort of leading indicators, right? I call NOI a lagging indicator. That's a lagging indicator based on your marketing, your uh, expense ratio, your your leasing, all these different things, right? And so you're looking at that, but then you can draw down to the dashboard and say, all right, well, this key performance indicator is obviously out of whack. So now we can make some shifts. We can make some course corrections and so forth. Is that how you use it as well? Yeah, I think that's that's um, a great point talking about leading and lagging indicators uh, because that that's so important. Um, how quickly we 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 fix fix things is going to be a leading indicator for renewals because if we're not if we're not keeping up with with things that need to be fixed, people are going to leave. They're not going to be happy. So that's a really good point on on you know differentiating the two. Give me a sense of an internal process or system that sets your team apart versus other operators. I mean, maybe we've already talked about some, but is there any other that comes to mind? You know, I, I don't know how, what other people are doing, but I think we are, we are very focused on, on execution and, and staying on top of it where I think not everyone, but there are a number of operators that are just chasing deals. And it's right. like, I mean, I was just at a conference the other day and talking to someone. They're like, I haven't visited my property in like three months. And I was like, are, are you are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like I, I just didn't. And, and he's like, yeah, I need to, I need to hire an asset manager. And he's this person. And I would I would never say the name, but they, they, they've got, a, you know, quite a bit of properties. And I just didn't think they. He he knew what was going on in 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 good detail on 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 everything that he was doing. And there's a lot of people out there that are just focused on the deal or the or the capital raising, and they're putting their investors at risk because they're not they're not focused on asset management on on the execution of the asset. And you could have gotten away with it the last probably you know nine years, sure. but. You know, the difference between, let's say, you know, 92% occupied and 97% occupied on NOI is, is a huge difference. So if people are managing their properties correctly, um, you know, you're, you're going to make a lot more money for you and your investors. I'm a big fan of playing the long game. And I feel like what you're talking about is playing the long game, right? You know, in, a, in an up market, in a market that we've experienced over the past nine years, you can make a lot of mistakes. And in fact, it probably encourages bad behavior. But in my opinion, if you really want to, maybe this isn't the right word, but milk this business for all it's worth, it's about long-term success. And so what you're talking about, like I asked you, hey, what's the system or process that you guys use? And it's like, playing the old school game. It's like being at the properties. It's asking questions. It's being detailed. It's challenging. It's, it's secret shopping. It's surprise visits. It's um, being hands-on, right? Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, 
I, I'm not doing anything like, you know, super, you know, genius or anything. I mean, these are like simple tasks that anyone could be doing, you know? Yes. I'm I'm no genius. <laughs> Look, it's easy. It's easy to say. It's easy to explain, but it's hard to do over the long term, right? Because it's it's inconvenient. It's like, what do you mean? I got to go to the property. I got to be there on a monthly basis, or I got to be there. I got to have a call every week. I got you know. I have all this accountability that I have to hold myself to. I, I've got to you know. I've got to motivate. I've got to inspire. I've got to help people understand what's the strategic vision. And so all of that combined is really, you know, those little things become big things to your point. If you want to play this, the long game, like that's, that's the way to do it. So talk to me overall. I mean, you know, let's back into this because we were talking about sort of asset management and obviously for you, this is a separator. And I think for anyone who wants to be successful in this for the long term, this has to be their separator, but talk about your investment thesis. What type of assets you guys currently own, where you're going with your portfolio and so forth. Yeah, so we own uh, value-add BNC class properties, Phoenix and Tucson, mostly Tucson of, of, um, of late, really focusing on that market. Phoenix is, is really getting, uh, you know, you're, you're paying a lot of money for a, a C-class asset there. Right. So uh, it's tough. Um, I'd love to get move more, uh, you know, towards uh, B-class uh, properties. Um, we're looking for, for value in, 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 in what we're buying. So that's on the buy of where we could take the, take the, uh, the property. Um, and, um, you know, typically, uh, three to five year hold nowadays, I would say it's going to be closer to, to a three year hold, but I, you know, I'm going to tell investors, you know, five years because if for some for some reason, if we had a downturn or anything, it gives us that flexibility to do some different things to to make sure that we're selling at a, at a high point versus a gun to our head and, and sure. telling one we'll need to sell. Yeah. So, what are you looking to achieve long term? What What's the growth of your portfolio look like? Yeah. So um, next next year, I mean, we hope to do four to six deals. That makes sense. We're you know we. Portfolio right now is about uh, 61 million assets under management. We just sold two properties uh, this uh, this past year. We'll bring another one to market um, in, in in a few months. Um, you know, it's great time when you're when you're selling. It's harder when you're when you're buying to find 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 good deals. But um, sure, I'm 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 still very bullish on on the market. Um, I'm bullish on on our ability to execute. So I'm, I'm, I'm a buyer and uh, I think it's a great place to, to put your money. And so we're going to, we're going to keep, keep buying and executing. And even, even in, if the market does, does turn interest rates go up, uh, there's opportunity everywhere. And so it's a matter of finding those opportunities and, and, and changing course if need be. And we've done some adaptive use stuff. We've, we bought a, a property that was student housing Um but really low occupancy and we converted it to market rate and have done phenomenal. I think we increased the NOI in under a year, like 75%. Um, and there's also some really big units in there that we're chopping up. We also bought uh, garden office space that we're converting to multifamily and then wow. we're adding 60 new units as well because of the, the um, there was a lot of extra land on that property as well. So always looking for, for new opportunities. We've looked at a, a bunch of uh, hotels to convert to multifamily. It's just 
that hasn't panned out right uh, so far, but we're still keeping our eye out for those. So always looking for for opportunities to um, you know buy on, on a really cheap basis and, and see if it, if it makes sense. You know, I feel like um, the the best way to grow is to execute, and the best way to grow is to deliver on your promises or even deliver beyond your promises. And that's what we've been talking about so far into a high regard today. And I'm sure that will continue to propel your growth. I also feel like when you are heavily involved and entrenched in asset management that supports investor relations to such a high degree, obviously, you know, it lends itself to trust. It it lends itself to confidence. Um, But also it makes those calls and those discussions so much easier. You mentioned doing quarterly calls with investors and giving them an insight on, Hey, here's what's going on at the property. Here's the challenges that we're facing. Here are the opportunities that we've created here. The, here's the good news. Here's the bad news. And here's, our decision plan moving forward and certainly, you know, open book here, you know, if anybody has any questions, but what else do you guys do in terms of investor relations that you believe sets yourself apart or gives the investor a great experience to, to spend with you guys? Yeah. I mean, our, our monthly newsletter, um, we give them a ton of information and um, we'll put, you know, we have an investor portal, like most, most, you know, seasoned operators, We'll put the financials up there. So we give them a lot of information. So no one really is ever calling me and saying, hey, what's going on in the property? I never I never had that call. I never, people ask me, do you have a troubled investors? I'm like, no, I, I haven't. Knock on wood, I'm sure I will at some point. You do enough deals. But I, I make sure they understand what we're trying to execute ahead of time. And, um, you know, we give them a ton of information so that, you know, they they understand where where we're at. And, and make make their lives easier. They don't have to chase me down to get information. I'm giving them more than enough information for them to feel comfortable. And you know, I've got a a, a great rate of of other investors bringing in other uh, their friends. You know, their their associates. That's what it's all about. It's all about referrals. And uh, that's what I always say on this podcast. The only way we can grow is if people refer or introduce other people to listen to the podcast. And and you have to ask for that, but you also have to deliver value. And you know, so I think the execution factor is important, but also the understanding of what's happening currently in the microeconomic environment, but also the macroeconomic environment is important. You mentioned, obviously your company is super active in Arizona. Phoenix in, in particular has had probably the highest rent growth of any city in the entire United States, like 30% in many regards over the past 12 months. You know, across the country, we're seeing 13% rent growth. That, that obviously supports low cap rate investments that, you know, you can grow tremendously uh, to a large degree. And, and and who knows where that will go over the next 12, 24 months. But, you know, give me a sense of how you're seeing the economic landscape, whether it's microeconomically in Arizona or across the United States and so forth. How does that impact your portfolio and your overall investment thesis as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see... You know, everyone talks about, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have a downturn. Yeah, we are gonna have a downturn at some point. Um, but multifamily is, you know, the best risk-adjusted returns out there. So I'm I'm constantly reading, you know, different viewpoints, uh, listening to other podcasts like yours and, and others to see what what the economists are saying. Um, I'm focused on on Arizona, which is high population growth, high high uh, high um, rent growth, job diversity, you know, I'm going to invest in those areas. I might, Hey, one of these days I might invest in an area that that's not like that, but my underwriting is going to drastically change because of that. So, 
Um, like I said, I'm, I'm very bullish on real estate long-term. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm in it for the long game. So um, it's not, you know, get rich quick. It's about providing quality for my investors. And I'd rather do less deals that are high quality and, and I'll do better than quantity that I might have um, one or two, you know, misses in there. You know, you're only as good as your last deal. So I want to make sure, you know, my, my deals are, are outstanding and I'll sleep better at night and I'll do better in the long run versus chasing more deals than, than I might, I might be able to handle. I heard Naval Ravikant say this quote and it stuck with me for years. He said, impatience with actions, but patience with results. And so I think if you're impatient with your action of executing on, you know, a sound, solid vision that you have in this business and you're patient with the results, that's where it pays off. Cause you know, a lot of people are trying to either get in the business or maybe they've been trying to get into the business over the past couple of years and it's hyper, hyper competitive. And if you continue to press forward and you're persistent, that's where your impatience with actions, but your patience with results starts to pay off. And even for people who've been around for a long time, they're banging their head against the wall saying, man, you know, what type of cap rates are we actually looking at here? Like, this is insane. Like, when is this going to flip? And of course, as you mentioned, like cycles come and go, it, it, it's a fact of the reality, you know, it's a fact of the economy. It does happen. When will that happen? Did it happen maybe last year? I mean, some people are saying, you know what, uh, a cycle now happens every 18 months. So who knows? I mean, you know, from a technological perspective, maybe we're starting to see that, but I think it's really, really interesting. But Gary, talk to me about what role mindset plays in your success, because I know the the level of importance that it's played for me, but I'd be curious to know, how does that, how does that propel you forward? Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is so important. Um, you know, persistence, um, because it might look good on social media, like, hey, I closed the deal. But man, there's blood, sweat and tears to get that deal over the over the finish line and hurry up and jump, you know, like, hey, we need we needed this yesterday when you're trying to close a deal. Um, so, you know, being being persistent, um, getting a deal done, managing a property manager, chasing deals. I mean, we went 15 months without a deal. You know, we, we thought we were going to be like, boom, like four or five deals in that over that period. And we had nothing. And it wasn't like we were not working our butts off, but, you know, luckily I, you know, I don't, I won't, I don't have to do a deal just to do a deal to pay my bills. And so we, we, you know, waited for the right thing. And then, you know, boom, we had one like every three, four months thereafter. Um, so um, being, you know, being persistent, being patient, um, being positive, not paying attention to social media because everyone the, you know, you go on social media and then everyone's getting a deal done and you just, you can't worry about that. You got to focus on yourself, you know, and, yes. and some, I've got to tell myself all the time, like, don't, don't worry about them. You know, just, just focus on, on, on my stuff. So in mindset is so, it's so important being, being optimistic, being positive. Um, absolutely. And also not tying your self-worth to, you know, how recent your last deal was. I mean, the 15 month thing, it's like, well, you know, probably there's probably many great things to say about that scenario. You said no to a lot of bad deals, right? You didn't overpay perhaps when others did. And, you know, in the long run, I'm sure that will pay off, but I'm sure in that circumstance, it was not as easy as it was to describe what you just said. So talk to me about some of the internal communication that you were having with yourself, you know, during that particular period. Yeah, there was, you know, there was, 
frustrations at time. And you're like, do we, do we go to a new market? Do we, do we do this? But luckily, I mean, I was hunkered down running, running the book, best in class. We, we were working on the summit. We, we were doing a lot of things to get better as operators. And, and that let me sleep better at night, knowing that I was, I was getting better and I was seeing that. Uh, on a consistent basis. So you do, you do the reps in any part of this business, you get those reps in and you're just getting better and you're getting data points. And so you can make better decisions of that's a good deal. I'm going to, I'm really going to go for it. And um, so you, as long as you're getting better every, every day, every week, every month, long-term long game, you're, you're going to be fine. It's that's not, so it's good. Not a I think about like, you know, when I, when delays, so there's this phrase, it's God's Delisle, God's delays are not God's denials. And I think that's a really powerful one. And if we really understand that, that's that there's a gift in every challenge. And are we the victim of circumstances to say, look, there's no deals. And you know what, we, we might as well just throw in the towel or go to a new market or just totally blow up our investment strategy. Or do we use this time to strengthen our infrastructure of our company, you know, strengthen our own skills, you know, invest in ourselves, invest in our own mindset, invest in our own fitness or health or relationships or, or all of these things. Right. And so receiving the gift comes through first having the perspective of, you know what, I'm not a victim. I, I, I get to receive this and, and, and move forward in whatever way is necessary at this point. Does that resonate with you, Gary? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Gary, the question that you ask, Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's easy to just say that now and in, in the thick of it, you know, you've got to, you got to remind yourself, but yes, you know, we, we knew we were, we were getting better and, you know, you're going to get highs and lows, but if you have a lot more highs in that perspective, you're, you're going to make it through. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So much easier said than done. So if anybody's listening, who's either going through the circumstance or has gone through it, or maybe anticipates going through some challenging time, just recognize that, yeah, it's easier said than done, but just recognize that you're going to be able to describe this story of this challenge at some point in the future. So time travel a little bit. Mental time travel is so powerful. It's like, what would I tell my, what would my future self tell myself about the circumstance? What gifts should I be receiving or should I anticipate to receive in this? Because at any moment, those are there if we look for them. And so Gary, one question that you ask uh, on your podcast, which I love, is what is your asset management superpower? So I'm going to ask you that. What is your asset management superpower? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I, I would say being proactive, you know, in, in everything I do, you know, particularly on, on asset management, um, don't wait for things to happen. Ask the right questions, you know, um, being curious and, and, and shrinking timelines that really goes a long way in, in your success in, in real estate, in life and in, in, in everything. I like how you said that was a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's your question. Of course, it's a good question, right? <laughs> Gary, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast. I want to transition into the rapid fire section of the podcast. It's called the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. Being proactive is uncommon. You know, many of the things that we've talked about doing the hard things that are easy to describe, that's uncommon. So let's talk about a few things. I have a, a few questions for you. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Uh, crucial conversations, and it it um, teaches you how to have those tough conversations that we all have in life and business. And you know, I've gone better; I could still get a lot better. But it's how how you communicate something. I mentioned earlier in the podcast is so important. How someone receives it and understanding that process can can 
can get someone on your team on board versus having someone like despise you. So that's a really good book, Crucial Conversations. And then one of my first real estate books um, was uh, Buy It, Rent It, uh, Profit, I think it is, from Brian Chavis. Really good book. And and that I'm, I'm a numbers guy. So that kind of gave me like a good like groundwork for investing in, in real estate. So that was one of my first yeah books in, in real estate that got me started. That's awesome. And um, I've not read that second one, but I have read Crucial Conversations and I can attest that that's an important, it's a crucial read in many regards. And ultimately that's like the glue that puts all of what we talked about today together, communication and communication, how, how it's received, how it's delivered. Um, perspective can be everything in many regards. So I think that's important, but we'll put links in the show notes as to where the listeners can find both of those books as well as best in class uh, so that they can learn from you directly, Gary. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But uh, aside from what we've already talked about today, Gary, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Um, well, well, g- giving back to others, um, I used to have a nonprofit. We had it for about 16 years. That closed down. We worked with underserved youth, but helping others in in the real estate business, people have helped me. I'm always sharing my experiences and I'm an open book, um, helping people create wealth. So that's a, a way I get back. I love it, man. And that's a, that's a pattern, man. I see that from many high performers is that the best way that they elevate themselves is they really elevate other people, but let's take it a step further, man. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Um, I get positivity, getting people to take action too. You know, um, they see me take action and, and I, I hopefully inspire them to, to take action and whatever, uh, they want to achieve and know that anything is possible and, 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 and be a cheerleader for them, you know? I love it, man. And uh, today has really showed us that, you know, these practical insights and showing up on a daily basis, communicating, executing, challenging, um, you know, having crucial conversations from an asset management perspective can elevate your life. You can elevate so many people around you. You can elevate the people that work for you uh, to take their games to the next level and obviously so much more. But Gary, I really, really appreciate you taking time today. I know the listeners can find you at breakofdaycapital.com. Of course, also on Facebook and Instagram at breakofdaycapital. Um, but is there anywhere else the listeners can find you? Uh, yeah, well, they can always email me, Gary at breakofdaycapital.com. I'm happy to answer any any questions and uh, I appreciate you having me. This was, uh, this was awesome. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited about uh, having you on the podcast today. Also, the listeners, if they want to go to breakofdaycapital.com, there's a free passive investor guide on the website. So go check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes as to where you can find that. You can also find Gary on LinkedIn as well. But Gary, is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that, you, that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Go big or go bigger. You know, I, I think what Grant Cardone says, like, you know, get after it. You know, every the, the, the world is your oyster. Make it make it happen. You know why any, any of us can achieve anything. So so go for it. Boom. Go big or go bigger. I love that. That's awesome, man. (laughs) Gary, until next time, my friend, thanks so much for being on Elevate. Elevate Nation, I hope you just geeked out half as much as I did because uh, there was a lot of selfish takeaways that we had for our own business uh, with CF Capital. Um, But I know that this is heavily, heavily and practically applicable for anybody who's investing in real estate, whether you're active, passive, whether you're sponsoring deals, whether you're using your own capital on your own direct deals. I mean, at the end of the day, asset management applies across the board and it is about execution. It's not about talking the talk. It's about walking the walk. And as you walk the walk, you get better. 
and you can refine your systems, you can refine your processes. And so, you know, there's a lot of tips here. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of insights that you can apply, that you can play the long game to a larger degree, to a higher degree. So what are those that you want to take action on now? What are, what are the top one, two, or three practical tips that you want to go ahead and start applying to your business immediately? Is it secret shopper reports? Is it using a Trello board? Is it diving into measuring KPIs? Is it understanding leading and lagging indicators in your business? Is it tying a piece of technology to the way that you communicate with your property manager? What is it that you want to apply to your business today? I want to encourage you to jot that down and challenge yourself here over the next week, the next two weeks, take steps in that direction because Tony Robbins says, never leave the site of a goal without taking one small action towards its attainment. And so that's your calling card now. What's the action that you're going to take towards the attainment of your goal? And I think that if you're a real estate investor, this is really, these are the steps. This is the, these are the mechanisms towards getting there. So I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show. I also want to encourage you to share this with a friend and discuss this with a friend. Discuss this with a business partner. Discuss this with another investor in your network. Maybe it's someone that you've met at a meetup recently. Maybe it's someone that you've met at a networking event or virtually. Who is it that you'd like to have a discussion with? Go ahead and put that on the calendar now and have a discussion because we learn more when we have discourse. We also learn more when we listen again. So repetition is the mother of all skills. So go ahead and listen to this episode again. Most importantly, take massive action. Until next time, Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.